after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to another edition of After These Messages, the podcast where we talk about television commercials. We talk about the good ones and the bad ones and the ones where people say really weird shit like this. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe people could guess. Today's show is uh, is going to be a little bit different. These are not going to be commercials that you've seen a million times on your own TV screen. These are foreign commercials, but very specific foreign commercials, right? Yes. Um, and I want to give a start by saying thank you to listener Maggie and a few other listeners whose names I have unfortunately uh, lost in the midst of time who have suggested uh, that we do a show where we focus on um, foreign ads that star American celebrities. Gotcha. Um, and uh, boy, howdy, are they? Are there some <laughs> weird, weird foreign ads out there and also some not and they're not all from japan no <laughs> and there's some really good ones too as a matter of fact uh you put together some notes and then i went through and uh, put together my notes and we may have some disagreements about uh what works and what di- doesn't so we'll talk about all of that also i don't even know what works would mean in this context like <laughs> yeah. i can't most of the time often i can't tell what is being sold <laughs> Or process <laughs> or thought. <laughs> All I can tell you is I really would love a Kieran beer right now. Yeah. All right. More on, the, more on that <laughs> in a second. Um, uh, also, Ad Council. We'll check in with you guys. You are our Ad Council. Um, uh, anything anything good today? Any Colonel Sanders updates? Or are we finally free of that? I think, we, I think we're uh, – we're, we don't have any, any new Colonel Sanders updates okay. uh, for this week. I'm sure it's just a matter of time. Uh, but we got some good, uh, some good feedback on the Canadian show. Okay, good. We'll talk Talk about that in just a second. First, though, let's do it. Let's head overseas. It's Santori time. For relaxing times, make it Santori time. I cannot think of American actors in overseas commercials without thinking of that scene from Lost in Translation. As a matter of fact, when I first saw Lost in Translation, which I'm going to say came out uh, 10-ish years ago yeah, at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, there's this whole thing where Bill Murray's character goes to Japan and he's trying to, um, you know, deliver his line on a, on a set for a commercial for Suntory, which I get, Whis- I think it's whiskey. a whiskey. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a, it's a long, funny scene. It's kind of, I think it's become kind of iconic. I didn't realize that that is kind of a, uh, that's a thing. That's a big thing. All these American actors go to often Japan, sometimes Germany, overseas, and they have to sometimes deliver the lines in English. Sometimes they have to deliver the lines in the the language of the country they're in. And I think we'll find, I will argue, sometimes it's not their voice at all. I'm pretty sure some oh, of these are just straight up overdubbed. I think that's got to be the case. Yeah. Um, the irony of that of that uh, Suntory Time uh, commercial that Bill Murray does. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I, you know, I, I can't swear to th- this is the case, but I didn't find any commercials that any real commercials, any foreign commercials that star Bill Murray. Has he mm. ever? I've never. I can't think of any ads he's done in the U.S. either. Um, he's not famously the pitch man for anyone, um, but you know, it would have been it would have been f- kind of fitting if there was a real ad he'd done for right. some foreign uh, country. You but, looked. I, I didn't even think to look for that. You know, I didn't. I didn't. As I say, I didn't do an exhaustive search. So mm-hmm. please, uh, ad council, correct me if I'm wrong. But I couldn't. I didn't see one in a 
very cursory search. Well, let's let's start in Germany, um, but that doesn't mean, as you said, it, it, you don't have to just be a commercial in Japan to be weird anymore. Yeah. You can be a commercial in Although Germany. They set the high, they set a high they, bar. They really do. I love them. I well, let's talk more about that when we get to the Japan part. I think that I this pre- prepping for this show really made me think. I really love Japanese culture, which I know a lot of people do. A lot of people really embrace it, especially the kind of the quirky pop culture-ness of it. Yeah. I've never really thought about it much, but I was just like watching all these ads and I was like, maybe I should move to Japan. Uh, but I, w- I would take you with me, Genevieve, if nothing else for the sake of the podcast. Uh, but anyway, like I said, let's start in Germany. Um, this is an ad for some sort of mobile carrier called Vibe Mobile, and it features Snoop Dogg. Now, I'm going to play this for you. I guess we got to do a little setup, though. I don't think we can narrate it as it goes along it starts with a kid looks like a teenage kid i think yeah sitting on his kitchen floor mm-hmm. sitting on a kitchen floor um actually you know what i'm gonna not use my own words i'm gonna use the words of complex magazine this is how they describe it a fat guy sitting on the floor looks at a turtle i think fat is su- sort of su- subjective in this <laughs> yeah. case he's not he's not like <laughs> fat isn't the first word that comes yeah to come mind. on complex magazine why you got a body shame Anyway, according to the magazine, a fat guy sitting on the floor looks at a turtle that is disguised as an island. I didn't realize that I saw it's a real life turtle. And I saw it had like an umbrella coming off. I didn't realize that it was like an island. He pulls out his phone and begins to dial a number. But before he can finish, Snoop, Snoop Dogg emerges from his refrigerator. Let's pick up the commercial there. June is the soft and well to shine. So deep in a dunyam sack can find. Do and being shine and mine. So Snoop Dogg is wearing a tuxedo. All the lights in the kitchen have gone to like kind of nightclub lighting. Now some women crawl out of a dishwasher. They start dancing around. As the commercial goes on, suds start falling uh, or start like kind of floating around the kitchen. There's a piano player who emerges. It just becomes a whole like nightclub party but kind of a 70s disco feel nightclub yes and then it's uh then there's some you know text on the screen basically saying you should uh sign up for vibe mobile and you get the best deals and we never return to the kid sitting on the floor looking at his turtle dressed up like an island no it's i don't know what the connection between the island and snoop and it's worth noting too that snoop is dressed in a kind of an old-fashioned black tuxedo and has a a wig on that's kind of like a 70s mm-hmm. uh like comb over wig. Mm-hmm. Now I uh, poked around a little bit. It turns out, and I think I got this again from um, Complex Magazine. That song is a famous song by a German singer, Roy Black. And then I went on a whole <laughs> went on a whole uh, rabbit hole on that. Roy Black is a, he was like an actor and singer and just kind of pop icon, I guess, in Germany. And that was one of his big songs that he sang with a little girl. Actually, do you want to hear um, the little girl's name is Anita. Do you want to hear a little bit of the original of that? Yeah. Just, just for funsies. Oh, yeah. So Stoop was definitely dressed as him with that haircut and everything. Das Schönste am ganzen Tag, das sind die Pausen. Das ist schon immer in der Schule so. Das Schönste im ganzen Jahr, das sind die Ferien. Dann ist sogar auf unser Lehrer vor. Da kann man endlich tun und lassen, was man selber will. Dann sind wir frei in keiner Sache, du sei still. Das Schönste im Leben ist die Freiheit. 
So, uh, uh, what a musical language. <laughs> it's just it's so poetic. So poetic. So lyrical. And doesn't sound at all like they're squeezing too many syllables into every line. Everybody's a critic. You, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I mean, you do speak a little German. Can, can mm-hmm. you give us any kind of context for what this song is even about at all? And no pressure. Oh, like. you know, I kind of wasn't listening because I was just watching the like <laughs> crazy expressions on their faces as they're singing to each other. The the translation of the song is um, "Schön ist es, schön ist es auf der Welt zu sein." It's a beautiful thing to be in the world. Yeah. So all that is to say, we now know that Snoop Dogg is dressed up like this guy. That Snoop Dogg is singing a song. But still, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, it doesn't, like, why is the kid on the floor watching a turtle dressed up like an I island? I know this is supposed to be a show where we analyze commercials and think kind of critically about whether something works as a commercial or not. But I have to tell you, after every one of these commercials, I'm basically going to go like, oh, yeah. maybe that works. Did, did anybody in Germany buy Vibe Mobile? Maybe. Uh, well, yeah. Well, thanks a lot. Who was it? Maggie who told us to do this show? <laughs> Yeah, we gave you praise before, but now we're going to give you a put down. Um, all right, well, let's move on to some more uh, weird commercials. I think some of them do develop. They're not all just going to be like crazy ass commercials that don't make any sense. I think that you see some uh, narrative arcs uh, further down, but let's not go there yet. Let's stay in crazy town. We had mentioned Kirin beer, a Japanese beer earlier. And I think this next ad is basically when I was writing down my notes, I said it's the Sergeant Pepper of Americans and foreign commercials, like every list, like this tops every internet listicle of Americans and foreign ads. Well, it's um, it's it's Ben Stiller in an ad for Kieran Beer, and I, I'm a little unsure of what year this came out, um, but it definitely came out either shortly before or shortly after Zoolander, the movie, came out. According to, and this is not... This could be totally wrong, but according to the description on YouTube that just some fan posted, it said 1999-2000, and I think Zoolander is 2001. Yeah, it would, so, that would have predated. Yeah. If that was true, that would have predated Zoolander. If this predates Zoolander, I have to believe that there's a part of Ben that some of Zoolander, which I believe was written by Ben Stiller, came from his experience with this ad because it honestly seems like a scene from Zoolander. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try to describe this from memory. I watched this uh, a couple of times yesterday, and this is what I, I think happens. It, and I'll play it for you in a second. But it starts with some cheerleaders on a football field, and they're just cheering. I believe they're saying, Kieran, Kieran. And then all of a sudden, bursting through the cheerleaders and their pom-poms comes Ben Stiller. And he starts talking in uh, Japanese. I couldn't, I couldn't find a translation for it. I also am... 85% sure that's not even his voice. Yeah. In some of these, you can tell They've that learned it phonetically. they learned it phonetically or they went back and overdubbed it off of a script, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and they and they overdubbed their own voice. In this case, I don't even think it's his voice. But anyway, he starts saying something. Maybe we have a Japanese listener who can tell us what he's saying. Um, and the expression on his face and his haircut, he looks like he's about to get in a gasoline fight with his fellow male <laughs> right. models. And then I believe he takes a lemon or a lime and he throws it up in the air like he's then going to catch it again. But while it's up in the air, I think it slices itself in half, mm-hmm. lands on him and turns him into a giant ice cube or it, it like kind of freezes him in a giant ice cube. It freezes him in a giant ice cube. And when it lands back in his hand, it's now an American football. 
Oh, that's right. Now it's an American football. That's a key. Thank you. I totally forgot that detail. Now he is a man just uh, in an ice block holding a football, and then a bunch of big, bad football players come and tackle his ass. So, in short, drink Kieran beer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they could have made it more clear. All right. Well, let's take a listen. Now you know what's happening here. I cannot, I cannot state this strongly enough, Ad Council. Go to our Facebook page. Look at this ad. I will post it um, uh, shortly after this this show posts. Um, it is totally worth worth your 30 seconds to watch Ben Stiller like grinning maniacally as he sells Kieran beer. <laughs> he looks like he has no idea what's happening. Now, did you happen to look at any of the links I put underneath here? I'm kind of hoping not. Um, the Are you talking about the Harrison Ford Yeah, one? because I started... I, have, I saw the Harrison oh, Ford okay. Kieran ads when I was doing research. I didn't end up including them because the audio is pretty terrible. And it's like, it's this one's kind of... It's weird without being, or it's 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 off beat without being particularly interesting to me. Well, can I just play yeah, this particular? Because there's a whole there's a whole. Um, I, I watched at least three of them. I think there's probably more of Harrison Ford selling Kieran beer. Um, I think this is probably after that um, one we just saw. Like, probably more mid-2000s? Yeah, I mean, Harrison Ford definitely is, like, it's older Harrison Ford here, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, he looks good, but he's Harrison Ford. Yeah. Um, but based on the film quality, I don't know. But it, this is probably sometime in the 2000s, so in the past 10 or 15 years. Um, and in this particular one, he is sitting in a sauna with another guy. The guy is, I think, Japanese. And they're sitting in a sauna. And then... They start pretending they're drinking here and yes. here. They just start miming it or First, mimicking. First, the, the other guy, the non-Harrison Ford guy, um, mimes the act of opening a beer can and pouring it out and drinking it. And then Harrison Ford gets in on the act by holding his own mimed right. invisible glass up for a you know a share of the beer. Right. And then the guy pretends to pour his imaginary beer into uh, And I Harrison think Harrison Ford just gets up and leaves, right? And then well, I think what happens is they they're both driving themselves crazy by playing this pretend, so then they both get up to get some real Kieran beer. Yes. And I think they're drinking it like uh this is like a looks like it's a fancy like kind of gym, a sauna in a gym and I think they go out to like probably the bar that is in the health club or whatever As and you they do. You, I know. I my you know my dream is to belong to one of these fancy gyms that has a bar. That when you're done working out, you can go drink some Kieran. This is actually like kind of a good pitch, right? Like it's kind of a mm-hmm. good a good story, a good narrative. Like, oh, we're thirsty because mm-hmm. we're sweating in the sauna. Yeah. And oh, wouldn't a beer taste good right now? And I almost I even think like maybe that by doing it with mime, it's kind of like you know, it crosses cultures and language barriers. Everybody can mm-hmm. can appreciate the yeah, the good, image good of drinking thought. a beer, uh, a, a Kieran. I really, I think that's a really good point. I think the my concern or my complaint about the rest of the campaign with Harrison Ford is there's no through line. The rest mm-hmm. of them with Harrison Ford don't have the the miming slash mimicking thing. Which I think you're right. What they should have done was continued this exact theme in a bunch of places where people are really hot, yeah. really thirsty. That would have been really interesting. And right? like he's a big famous, he's a he's an internationally famous American star. He doesn't speak Japanese. 
what a great kind right. of like storyline of like he's he makes friends all over Japan yeah. with his ability to mime yeah. beer drinking. But there's no through line with this this campaign. But anyway, I'll hit play on it. Now you know what's happening. So again, picture Harrison Ford. I know you already have. Picture Harrison Ford in a sauna. <laughs> you didn't like a beer with us, eh? What are they? He's pouring the fake beer for Harry. Now they're running out to go to the bar. He must have said he must have said in Japanese at the beginning a, a Kieran would hit the spot right yeah, now. Or yeah, yeah, and uh, and in the end they're they're actually in their white robes. Their sauna robes, um, drinking the beer. Then the next one, this rolls on into a second commercial that we're watching now with the sound down. But now Harrison Ford is just a guy on the beach, and I think he's looking for a bottle opener. Like, there's no through line. Somebody, through a series of uh, adventures or something, helps him open the bottle and, and, and find a glass for it. It really it doesn't make a lot of sense. I guess they're just like, we have Harrison Ford. Yeah. That's all we need. Yeah. Do you think the music was interesting in that last one? Like sort it's this like very German very Oompa. Oompa. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um let's see. So let's move on here. Um okay. This is oh, this was the soft bank one. You found this one. Yeah, and this one is such an interesting story, and it's it's uh such a lot of production around uh this soft bank commercial. And soft bank I assumed was a bank. It's not, it's a cell phone company. I don't know if it's a plant, like if it's like they make cell phones or they make plans or whatever, but um, you know what? Life is what happens when you're making cell phone plans. <laughs> um, but it's a really uh, elaborately produced, um, and it is uh, produced. It's it's directed uh, by Wes Anderson, and when you take a look at it, which I do recommend, um, you will immediately understand and recognize uh, the signature Wes Anderson style. It stars Brad Pitt, um, and it takes its inspiration from a movie called uh, Les Vacances des Monsieur Hulot, uh, which is Mr. Hulot's holiday. Um, and it's this very, like, I, I guess it, it sort of reminds me of, like, um, uh, I feel like there's a there's an analog in, in, in British uh, culture or British t- filmmaking or TV where it seems like this guy's just sort of accident prone and mm-hmm. and goofy and like everything he goes to do kind of like it ends up blowing up in his face. He's a actually I did a little bit of looking back and I watched a trailer for the film that um, this is supposed to be based on and I guess the character you're right it's a very almost Clouseau kind Clouseau, of thing. that's what I was trying Only to think he of. doesn't seem to but he's not like a detective he's not trying to solve anything he's actually like a rural plumber uh-huh. who goes to the big city i think and what I, this is now i'm just getting into too much here but apparently the guy who made this i guess his name his last name pronounced tati t-a-t-i mm-hmm. i guess is a really well respected uh director and he made uh his first movie that had this character in it and everybody was like he could have just turned this into a huge commercial success this would have been i think in the 60s but he like just waited and then his next movie came out years and years later and he revisited the same character and put him in a new place he goes on vacation and just his trouble just follows him around and he's totally oblivious mm-hmm. it's one of those things and everybody else is like getting bonked on the head while he's kind of causing it um and so this is a super kind super, of a mr bean yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, this is a super visual ad. There's no dialogue. Do you want me to hit play on it? And maybe you can kind of describe what's happening. Yeah, I think the music's kind of cute. Okay. So Brad Pitt, and I, I, want, I thought you would appreciate this music, by the way. Yeah, I love this. Um, Brad Pitt's dressed in a yellow kind of uh, pants and a shirt with a little hat. 
he's helping someone push their car when their batteries died, but oh no, his briefcase has gotten stuck on the car, so he loses it. Now, some bicycle riders are uh, almost running him over. He sees some Boy Scouts. I mean, it's it's mostly just kind of a visual, um, visually enjoyable uh, scene that is yeah. that has that real Wes Anderson feel. And to supposedly, it. it's kind of it's got that. The description I read of it says it's all in one shot, but I think it's maybe faux one shot a little bit, which might be a hat tip to that director. But it's kind of like a whole bunch of like very French things are all happening at once, and it's like the it's got this kind of whirling uh, mm-hmm. directorial sense to it. Like he's just like all of a sudden a bunch of like what a bunch of French bicyclists almost run him over. What's more French than that? Then he turns around and he sees like a group of people talking, but one of them for some reason I think there's an artist there like maybe painting uh, a woman who has her dress pulled down. So. Yeah. Uh, but then, then he, he goes to take a photo of her. And it's, it's I think, awkward that he has now sort of accidentally snapped a photo of a topless right, lady. Right, exactly. And it's unclear whether or not it's topless, but she's certainly offended. So it all just happens very quickly in this 30-second kind of whirlwind of a commercial. Now, did you end up watching this other one? I saw that Wes Anderson had d- directed another commercial with Roman Coppola. No, I didn't see this one. You told me about it. And I this is for Stella, Stella Artois. Yeah, the beer. And I didn't know that... Um, I, I didn't really know anything about Roman Coppola, but him and Wes Anderson, I guess, have paired up for movies in the past as like director-producer relationships and stuff like that. And I would say, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but that commercial we just played, the SoftBank one, if anything, if anything, it almost had a Moonrise Kingdom sort of feel to it, especially with the Boy Scouts in their, like, French Boy Scout uniforms or whatever, that kind of style. Well, this one, and you said you haven't seen this yet, this is like your classic Wes Anderson interior design porn. Uh-huh. And the plot of this doesn't matter too much. And honestly, like the audio of it is going to do our listeners absolutely no good. I just want you to see this. And again, we'll post it to the Facebook page because I think, I mean, this is the Wes Anderson that really appeals to like my eye. Um, it's, uh, it's, I believe, a man and a woman maybe coming back after a date to his place, his loft, like his really cool loft. And it's like a 60s kind of mod loft type of thing. And then he goes into the kitchen to grab a couple of beers, a couple of Stellas, I think. And the woman is waiting in the living room on the couch. And then there's a set of switches in front of her, like these cool old 1960s looking. It's just like a bank of metal switches. Mm-hmm. And she starts switching them. And then all kinds of crazy shit starts happening in the apartment. She switches one. And all of a sudden, two TV screens appear on either side of the couch. And she sees an airplane bombing something, which I think is almost kind of like she's creating havoc in the world. Although it's, uncle- it's unclear whether or not she is causing these bombs to drop. She certainly exposed the TV screen where suddenly this is happening. She flips some other switches. Lights go on. The couch starts flipping around. She ends up getting buried in the couch. The couch ends up flipping in in on itself, becoming a different style couch, and she's trapped somewhere inside. And at the end of the commercial, you will hear um, her kind of muffled voice coming from inside the couch, and the guy comes out holding the Stella, and he doesn't see the girl anymore, but he just hears her voice coming from the couch. Okay. And I think... And is that, anybody in this famous? Um, take a look. I don't recognize anybody, but I, that's par for the course with hmm. me. Oh, that is a great apartment. Isn't that amazing? Record player. So is the deal that he's probably like a spy or something? Maybe he is, yeah. He's got switches and stuff all over his apartment. She is dressed like classic Wes Anderson. 
It's like Wes Anderson if Wes Anderson had directed Mad Men. Yeah. I don't recognize any of the actors in this. I think they are not, at least they're not famous in America. She just got swallowed up by the couch. The whole apartment's just like going nuts. Everything in the apartment's like rotating and moving up and down. <laughs> so I guess the joke at the end that I didn't quite explain at the beginning because I couldn't remember it is he comes back out and the woman is not there anymore, but there is a glass of Stella Artois that was made by one of these machines in the apartment or something when she flipped the switch. So he comes out and he just sees the beer. And, and he, he says, says more. Exactly. So um, anyway, I just, again, we'll post that to the Facebook page. Thanks for putting up with something so visual. But like, was that not, that was like a Wes Anderson, if you were going to parody Wes Anderson style. Yes, it was. It was very, um, very much uh, that kind of like set these, these intricate sets that he loves to do. Mm-hmm. I really like it. It's one of those things where it's kind of like, I can roll my eyes at it a little, little bit because it seems so, um, just Wes Anderson has such a almost mockable style at this point. But on the other hand, I love it for a reason. Like it appeals to people who have that sense of taste. I know I've told you this before, but I'll tell you it again. <laughs> it, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard on the radio. Uh, this was around the time that uh, the Grand Buda- Budapest Hotel mm-hmm. uh, had, was being released. And so Wes Anderson was doing a lot of press and he was being interviewed on NPR, and the interviewer, who I don't remember who it was, said something to the effect of, um, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, you're, or how do you respond to people who say that, you know, you have such a definitive style mm-hmm. uh, that, like, you can really recognize a Wes Anderson movie? And I think the question was not even framed, like, as sort of hostily as I even said. It was mm-hmm. more like... As you obviously know, you have a very definitive style, like or distinct style, or a distinctive yeah. style. Yeah. Like what you know, what what is that? You know how 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 has that developed or something like that? Yeah. It was very sort of a neutral question, and Wes Anderson could not have been more flummoxed by this question. He was so he was like, <laughs> I just find it so surprising when people say that my movies seem like they have a recognizable style. I mean, you look at my movies; they're all so <laughs> different, and I'm dying because like i love his movies some more than others but they are all of a very very distinctive style that he created and totally uh he almost never deviates well i would say there's two major deviations bottle rocket but that's not a deviation that's just the very early part of his career so maybe it's not that's not a stylistic like again apartment porn kind of like the the, the stylization has not really taken hold yet and And then then fantastic mr fox is like an outlier completely in a sense although i would say that it's a claymation version of it's a stop motion version of a lot of the same kinds of visual uh the visual look it's just done in a different medium a little bit yeah although if you were to make that you'd be like wow i make all kinds of different movies sure. you know like but but yeah but everything other than that from uh, darjeeling limited grand budapest obviously tenon bombs i like, mean steve zisu with that boat right yeah i mean it's all yeah anyway that is that is fantastic i, I should just go find back. it amazing <laughs> that people think my films have a real look to them at least he acknowledges that uh the interviewer was it terry gross wasn't the first one to bring that up with him yeah it wasn't terry gross but yeah yeah Um, All right, so let's move on. This was a – I think this is an ad that we uh, can really dig into, I would assume. This was for – what is it? DNB Nor. It's a bank. It's a savings plan, right? Yeah, I believe it's a a Norwegian bank called DBN Nor. Um, 
And this is a... Might be DNB. Oh, I think you're right. I think it's DNB. So anyway, DNB Noor. Um, and it's, uh, it's, I don't think there's, I, I, so the setup that you're going to hear, and I think uh, the setup that, that you won't hear is, um, a young woman, uh, attractive young woman wakes up in a hotel room, uh, fit kind of a fancy hotel room. She's obviously had a, you know, a lot to drink the night before she's kind of disheveled. Um, the bed's all unmade. It's very, I would say, even though this is kind of obvious, I would say, and maybe this is just my own testosterone, but it's a very clearly sexy waking up. I mean, she's yes. de- she's definitely it's the morning after. It's definitely the morning after, and she looks a bit ra- ravaged. <laughs> is that the right word? Uh, ravished. Maybe. Ravished. Um, anyway, she she looks. She starts sort of piecing together what happened the night before. She clearly doesn't remember. She finds some Polaroids on the desk. Um, that show her in a wedding dress getting married to a man wearing a rubber horse mask. That's right. The so horse mask is laying on the floor. She can't see the face of the groom, the yeah. evident groom. The horse mask is lying on the floor. Um, and then the door opens to the bathroom and George Clooney walks out. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, oh, my God, if this happened, thank God it was with George Clooney. Should we hit play on this and let <laughs> yeah, the rest be for I think itself? He, I think he does some narrating at the end there. Yeah, that, and it is in it English. Up. And like you said, this is uh, this is from Norway. It's really well shot. Yeah, do we know who directed this? Mm-mm. I like how she's kind. I mean, she's an attractive woman. She's wearing a huge uh, engagement ring. Um, she's she's an attractive woman, but she's not like crazy bombshell hot, don't you think? Yeah. Um, she's like kind of piecing it all together. Now oh, the door it. opens. Here's Clooney. Just letting you sleep. Like your dress looks better off than on. <laughs> oh, you know, I want to show you this. I've been going online looking for places for us in Lillestrøm. Yeah, look at that. Hmm? He's like picked out this beautiful house that he wants to buy with her. Um, then the tagline is, some people are lucky in life. For the rest of us, saving up can be smart. Now, I have so much to say about this. First of all, <laughs> you know... I got me a, a little bit of a Clooney crush. I mean, it's so hard not to. Yeah. And like, it's just so funny. Like, I just find him to be so appealing. Even as a straight guy, when he walks into the room, you're just like, yes, <laughs> Clooney. Like, I really. <laughs> exactly. And he's just so tender with her. And you can tell that he's playing Clooney because, like, I like the, the subtlety of him stumbling on trying to say the name of the Norwegian town. Yeah. Like, him, like, he kind of looks at her. He's like, did I, did I say that right? Um, and so, like, he's kind of new to the country. It's just like there's a realism about that sort of for something that is so clearly uh, fantastical. The other, my other big takeaway from this is like, this is just kind of maybe saying more about me and how I see the world, but like this ad would really have bugged me if it was like the other way around. Like if it was some dude, I think like who was laying there and then some really hot model came in, like some like Jack, uh, what is it? Jack's sharp cheddar beef lady comes out. What are those or, ads? That or what had, if like, it, a, I don't know, but what if some, what if uh, it had been like um, a, a famous woman? What if it like had, the, who's the, who's the really hot blonde lady who was in all of the, um, She's like the most famous hot blonde lady right now. Oh, Margot Robbie. Oh, her or there's another one I was thinking of who's in all those little video game ads that we saw during the the football season. She's wearing like armor and like... Oh, um, uh, the model. Uh, 
Yeah. I yeah, sh- whatever. I know. People know who we're talking about. You know who about. we're talking you, about. You can figure it out. You're smarter than us. Anyway, um, I don't know that... I don't know why I, that was my initial reaction to it, though. I just kind of liked the gender dynamics in this, whereas I think if it was the other way around, I might be like, ugh, that's kind of gross. Do you think there's anything to that at all? Well, let me, I mean, like I if said, it was kind of like this guy is like, score, I didn't wake up with an uggo. Uh, I, I don't know that it would have bothered me uh, if it had... It sort of would depend on how it was shot mm-hmm. and who the actors were. It would be interesting if it were like... um. You know, George Clooney benefits uh, from being a like he can he can be he can be sexy into his sixties or whatever mm-hmm. however old he is um, because he's a silver fox and yeah. you know I mean like if it was a younger man waking up next to Susan Sarandon I don't know yeah that's true if it's an maybe if it, if it was an older woman I just my assumption is if you were to do this in America it wouldn't be it wouldn't have that amount of classiness to it if if the shoe was on the other foot but again that's just a lot of assumptions on my part and probably not even worth mentioning um, the my other takeaway Kate Upton right sorry um, the uh, the other takeaway for me though is I really like this commercial but I think but it left me. N- not wanting to save <laughs> or so like i feel like the message is a little bit um it's subservient to the joke it's thank you that's exactly how <laughs> i feel it is like i really like the commercial but it makes at the end of it you're just kind of depressed because you're like oh i'm one of the other ones i'm not the lucky one i'm not in on this you know what i mean like and i don't know i like it the, does create a space between uh the protagonist of the commercial and the target audience of the commercial. Exactly. You're like, well, looks nice for them. Yeah. I'll, I'll go open a goddamn savings account. It really makes the product that they're selling is like, you're not one of the lucky ones. You need to schlep so on over the, plan ba- B. Yeah. the bank. Yeah. No, I think that's an interesting point is that I do think sometimes like an idea that sounds great when you're in the uh, planning meeting with the advertising agency and they're like, we've got Clooney lined up. Here's the idea. It's going to be filmed this way. And like, Everybody gets, I would imagine, like very excited about this idea without stopping to ask themselves, is this really accomplishing our marketing goals? Mm -hmm. Um, And I I feel like this happens. I see this happen in other types of marketing, too, where like the idea gets ahead of the, the thing you actually need to do. I mean, what's more effective? This or KARS Cars for Kids, the most annoying radio jingle ever to be on on the radio. Yeah. But... Although KR's Cards for Kids is super annoying, it's probably the thing that if I need that service, I'm going to remember versus if I need a bank, is this going to like push me or or put that bank in my head in a way that makes it effective? Mm-hmm. So I just think sometimes like the idea can be the idea can be better, can be good, but isn't really doing its job. Mm-hmm. Now you've just put Cars for Kids. I know in it's my horrible. Head, Sorry, everybody. Uh, all right, move on. So I really, it's funny. I kind of like that commercial, but I also don't know if it necessarily serves its purpose as well as it could, but it definitely is a fun thing to watch online. It's the kind of commercial that seems like it was built to win awards. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good call. Um, so let's talk about these Tommy Lee Jones ads. These are out of Japan and they're for a product called boss coffee, which is, uh, like we don't have this as much in the States. We have it a little bit, but, um, it's like the canned coffee, right. these little, like almost like, uh, well, you can get a little Starbucks can. Yeah, of you, coffee. you can, yeah. and occasionally it's like a, a nice. It'll tide you over if you yeah. can't get to a real coffee, or if you want something. It's usually pretty sweet. Yeah, I have to say these Boss Coffee ads, of which there are many, um, 
were for me the thing that always made me want to do this show because oh, really? it kind of defines for me like a an American movie star starring in a what to me is a very weird foreign ad concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Tommy Lee Jones apparently just like when he's not here making you know Men in Black movies <laughs> yeah. is over there making Boss Coffee ads, which do play heavily very with heavily. his character. They riff heavily on his character for Men in Black. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, I, I saw that he started doing these ads in 2006. I don't know if he still is or not. Um, but this is one where I – maybe – I guess you do like them then. I thought maybe we were going to disagree on this because I actually really like this concept. And I feel like where the other one we were talking about where it fell down, like with the Harrison Ford Kieran, like it was just like they were all over the place. There's no through line. These have a through line. There is a narrative arc. Yeah. Help, walk me through it then because I I – wouldn't say that I dislike them, but they are, they just seem bonkers to me. So he is clearly playing an alien who looks like a normal human being. He's not dressed in his usual, I, I think maybe in one of them, but most of them, he is not dressed like his men in black. No, outfit. he's, he, in fact, he almost never is. He's usually dressed more like the people he's in the, in the world where he is. Like he's yes. dressed like a fisherman or he's dressed like right. a whatever. Um, he's not supposed to be a man in black, but it's playing with his kind of like, uh, there's like aliens among us kind of right story and and in this one though he's not like some super being who kind of I, I haven't seen all the men in black stuff but he's much more of like a knowing character in that in these he's more like an alien who is here to observe right and he's kind of a little befuddled and is maybe bemused by the um the way humans interact and so like you said there's a bunch of different scenarios i i can't remember them uh the first one we're gonna play here so maybe we'll just have to play it i know like in one he's like like a he's a worker he's helping somebody i think move into an apartment like as a you know like as a mover as a professional mover yeah they show him in lots of different milieus yes and so in that one he's dressed up like a mover and he's kind of making comments on on uh why people are so obsessed with uh being speedy in their jobs and getting this woman moved in or the getting this person whoever it is moved in quickly but also he gets a speeding ticket in that one so he realizes he needed to move faster to not get a speeding ticket and then at the end they're drinking coffee so i assume that one is kind of playing on the caffeine thing that's where things break down a little bit for me it's unclear how it relates back to the product yeah I do think, though, you do have a campaign here where the through line is this is a recurring character who's always kind of in a similar kind of situation where he is observing human behavior and being bemused. So let's play this first one. Is this the one at the diner? I think so. And this is the one where it really sets up the premise of these commercials because you have two uh, Japanese businessmen talking to each other at a diner counter saying have you heard this rumor that there's an alien living among us who looks exactly like the american actor tommy lee jones right and then the Which camera cool. pulls back and you see that sitting next to them at the diner counter or in the restaurant is that and you, i don't think you realize that until maybe they both finish their meal and yeah. then leave um the first one actually i think is the most confusing it's almost like a pilot episode where you really <laughs> love a tv show but then you go back and you watch the first pilot you're like oh they were still trying to find their footing or whatever i think this one or they were there was too much exposition because they needed to introduce all the characters this one is it doesn't um you know he's not in some sort of a scenario dressed up like you say as a fisherman or a mover or whatever he's just a guy at a diner so i was confused at first and i liked this the more I saw of them. Let's start with this one. That's where they're talking about the, the fact that there's supposedly an alien living among them looking like Tommy Lee Jones. 
Oh, there's Tommy Lee Jones sitting right next to them. And his voiceover is... It's a, this is such a funny one. Yeah, that one doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense. His voiceover, um, which is not Tommy Lee Jones' voice. Clearly. Uh, but it's supposed to be him, is... Um, the inhabitants of this planet are pretty dumb, but dawn on this planet is beautiful. And then they show a he beautiful sunrise. The, yeah, and he steps out of the diner and he looks up and it's a beautiful sunrise. And so it's, I guess that's going to maybe connecting coffee with morning, I guess. But well, it's I still mean, the right, like Japan is the land of the rising sun. And I mean, I think sunrise maybe has like a specific cultural meaning there that isn't as maybe mm. uh, resonant to us. Well, we have more all in this. It's like somebody put together a seven and a half minute reel of all of these things. So I'm just going to hit play and let's, let's, uh, I think the next one might be one of the moving ones. This is Jones. He's joining us today. So he, now he's like joining this um, company where he has to drive a, a forklift. Right. Um, he's dressed like a worker. And, and and again, what you're hearing is the voiceover of his experience being on Earth with these Earthlings. Right. So his new boss was introducing the employees to, to Jones, the new employee, and he's just watching everybody. Yes. Okay, and then one of his colleagues uh, picks up this really heavy box and struggles with it. Then Tommy Lee Jones picks it up like no problem. As a matter of fact, he expected it to be heavier, and it's so light to him that he almost uh, doubles over backwards. His, his employee is impressed. <laughs> so he says, yeah, people are weird and on this planet. They seem to strive on fatigue or something like that. And they, then the they other, thrive on fatigue, yeah. And then he, um, did I say strive? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm good with words today. Thanks for <laughs> listening to the podcast. Um, and then one of his uh, fellow employees hands him the, the can. Yeah, of, I, I do like how this, how these, some of these Japanese commercials, which I, I, some of them, I don't even know how we could even get in, talk our way into them because they're so disconnected, at least for me as an American viewer, they're so disconnected from whatever product they're selling mm -hmm. that it just, like, it just seems to be like, oh, we got Bruce Willis or, oh, we got, you know, uh, you know, whoever. Ben um, Stiller. Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller, at least there's... You can sort of... Well, no, I take it back. There's. It's really hard to know what the Kieran connection is with that one. <laughs> but at least with this, this Tommy Lee Jones ad and this uh, campaign from Boss, he has an experience. It's within a particular context mm -hmm. each time. It's an ongoing narrative. And at the end, it always ends with him getting a can of Boss coffee and enjoying it. Yes. And it kind and of, so it's what, like, it I kind think of makes that, sense. And I think that last one is kind of like these guys uh, thrive on fatigue. They work really hard. They need this. I think that's a, it's talking about the product's caffeine level. I think the one with the sunrise is about, you know, you wake up, you associate coffee with morning, at mm -hmm. least here in this country. So I also think that there's a little bit more of a connection to the product yeah. as well as the ongoing campaign that has a through line. So I like those. I'm not going to play any more because they really are hard to describe on the fly. Uh, the next one that is in this uh, sizzle reel, though, is he's like in a store kind of commenting on how um, the habit, the habitants of this planet are obsessed with materialism. Um, and then he's like in a store just observing a bunch of kind of frenzied shoppers and a little kid walks up to him and gives him like 
little toy uh, antenna that uh-huh. he can put on his head. And so Tommy Lee Jones just takes it and kind of robotically puts the antenna on his head. And the kid looks up at him and he points at him. And he says to his mom, look, he's an alien, <laughs> which I just thought, like, I don't know. That's a pretty good little joke, right? They pack a lot into these 30 yeah. second commercials. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're well made and they, they make sense. So here's a great – that's a great segue to one that absolutely does not make sense, and they found the perfect person for a campaign that makes a no sense. Do you want me le- – you know what? Great setup. Let me just start with the audio of this one, and then yeah. we can back explain it. Oh, my or God. I love can't. this crazy fucker. <laughs> oh, hi. I'm Nicholas Cage, and this is a song for you. <laughs> my favorite things, my favorite things. <laughs> Blue jeans, see a red-haired girl Sweet peanut butter, a slow-burning candle Cup of tea and a good book The dance of the reindeer and also Pachinko Yeah, Pachinko Pachinko was so <laughs> okay, God. so uh, the first time Lesson. I watched that, it was really hard for me to um, understand the lyrics. Sorry, the the quality isn't awesome on that, but it's just Nicolas Cage behind a piano singing to us. Like, there's yeah. nothing more than that. Um, and he's just singing some of his favorite things, blue jeans and a redheaded girl, a cup of tea and a good book. And then he, his favorite thing is pachinko. And this is the game that is played in Japan with little metal balls. Yeah, and that is a through line in this, by the way. Well, I mean, at le- in the sense that, yes, pachinko has hired him to be their pitchman. And he is pitching pachinko. It's a. Uh, it's kind of like uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, pachinko is almost like a kind of pinball, but the 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 board or the 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 box is more upright, uh, and you can play it. Uh, just like a pinball game, or you can play it for money. And it's mm-hmm. in Japan, it's typically like a gambling game. Right. And it's kind of illegal. So you play it. And then you, I was kind of reading about it. You got to kind of take your silver ball. So really, you just won the silver balls, but then you can go somewhere else and sell the silver balls or like someplace in the same oh, facility is that how it or works? something. Yeah. Oh, and when I say the metal balls are a through line, I think that this is another campaign where this one sets it up a little bit. But in there are tons of these. Yeah. And in all of these, you will see the symbolism of metal balls all over the place. I don't know how many of these you watch. I watch the ones where the metal robots run around yes and that's very much like and they have balls on their hands and their head there's another one yeah. where he's at a press conference and he's trying to answer questions i think just about a movie and by the way quick aside here he is not advertising the game pachinko like hey come to our whatever you would call a casino and play it it's actually he's selling he's advertising a type of pachinko machine yeah which is which really is by weird Sankyo. yeah right which is kind of weird because i don't know if that's for the consumer or if this is directed towards the people who would be buying the machines for their establishment yeah that's a good question yeah like who is who is the target audience of a Sankyo uh pachinko machine yeah it's like it's like you're not gonna advertise like let's say bally uh pinball right isn't gonna do a bally pinball uh commercial aimed at us we're just people yeah. we go to an arcade and we play the best looking ones you would find a way to advertise bally to the people who are buying pinball machines for their arcade so i yeah, think it that's must kind be of for, interesting. for bar owners or store owners yeah or like that. so that's kind of so that's kind of interesting and in this particular one He's just singing how much he loves uh, that Pachinko brand. What is the brand? Uh, Sang- Sankyo, I think. Sankyo. Um, but then the rest of them just get really, really bonkers. Do you want to even try to describe this next one? Sure. Okay, hit play, though. Don't set it up. 
I can't remember which one this is. This is the one where, um, this is the robot one, I believe. He's driving in a truck uh, by himself, kind of being like a real Yahoo American, I think. It's like, it almost looks like an American scene. He's in the desert somewhere driving a red pickup truck. I believe he has a cowboy yeah, it sure hat doesn't on. Look like, it does, sure doesn't look like Japan. Right. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the road, I believe he just comes across these giant metal robots yeah they sort of look like they sort of look like the like small versions of the robot from the day the earth stood still you know the big Mm -hmm, silver thing mm -hmm. but there's they surround him and i think he just like goes just has like a crazy he just has like a nicholas cage meltdown yeah what the heck is going on around here Now he's surrounded by these metal balls. And then they start dancing around him. Then he starts dancing. Oh my god. Pachinko. <laughs> he bong, he headbutts one of the balls and says, Pachinko, I love it so I love much. It so he's much. a crazy pastor. I honestly think that they were like, that he went to his agent and was like, I do not get to be crazy enough in mm-hmm. my American Hollywood films. And, which is... Which is surprising because right. it's super crazy. He's like, I have, I'm deeply in debt because I bought that castle in Ireland or wherever it was. <laughs> and I didn't realize that you can't really operate a castle um, uh, in the 21st century. I need some money and I want to act hella weird. <laughs> and you're like... Sir, we have the product for you. <laughs> I'm going to play this next one for you. This is the one where he is at a press conference. I think that I just can't remember what the press conference is, is supposed to be about. I think it'll become clear here. But while he's in the middle of the press conference, like he's up on the on the riser or whatever, answering questions uh, from the media. And one of the reporters has earrings that are these little metal balls, I think. And I think if there's a through line at all... It is that he is just obsessed with Pachinko, so he sees the metal balls everywhere, including I'm going to just try to group in that commercial oh, we just talked about. He's the one about. drawing all the dirty pictures. He's the one who's drawing all the dirty. He just sees these metal balls everywhere, which could even to a to a slight degree maybe even explain why when he's driving across the Arizona desert, he suddenly sees these metal robots. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. But anyway, let's go to this press. <laughs> I just said, let's go to this press conference. I should get a job at CNN. <laughs> We take you now live. <laughs> I love all of Japan. I love sushi. I love Mount Fuji. He sees the metal earring, then it slow motion falls off her head. <laughs> Andrew, I'm glad you did a little more research on this because um, I didn't really get the thing about the metal balls just from yeah. having watched them. And now I get much more that there is a real through line in this commercial um, and the, in this campaign that it's really about Nicolas Cage uh, and his obsessive, uh, all-consuming mania for Pachinko. Right, right. Which makes a lot more sense. It's still crazy. Yeah, no, Don't get me wrong. It's off the wall, but it's about him. He's obsessed with it. That earring, by the way, falls to the ground, and then it starts crawling. It kind of starts rolling kind of almost uphill towards him, and then all of a sudden it's just like in his head. He's just, he can't get Pachinko out all of his head. All he wants to do and, is yell that he and so he gra- So he, it jumps up into his hand, he grabs the metal ball slash earring and stands up and screams, I love Pachinko, and then storms out, gets into a cab and says, get me to Pachinko or oh whatever. Oh my God, he's just... So a, great. He's so great, but he's so crazy. Yeah. Um, 
Can we talk about this Italian Telecom Italia one? Either that, or we're going to start talking about Wild at Heart. So yeah, I think we yeah, should probably move on. Let's move on. Um, okay, yeah. So oh, this is the Leo one. This is the Leo one. Oh, this is the one where I was hey, like, eh, I don't do know. Do you still have an ounce of uh, oh affection god. for Leonardo DiCaprio? Do you want to lose it? Oh my god! And this one is again very visual, so I don't know if if our rage is going to seem misplaced to the audience. <laughs> but this is so. Let me Let's just try to convey. You know, it. let me tell this story from my perspective, <laughs> if you don't mind. So Genevieve put together the show sheet where she just kind of threw you know like so, some ideas out here. Okay, here's here are some things, and then I, I go through and I'm kind of like, well, I, I need to you know sit down for a while and really process these things and i'm looking and you you have a link here for telecom italia and you wrote it's it's leo dicaprio Dic- leonardo dicaprio um for, and this is for italy and you wrote something like well it seems like leo is kind of a dick so accurate <laughs> and i was kind of like oh i never really thought of leonardo, leonardo dicaprio that way i don't really think about oh, him that's that you're much. not a woman i feel like most women although i would be first to agree that he is a very good actor and he's pretty hot um i think most women or at least women like me um are sort of just t- done with his his whole routine of like mm. just you know you know, he was the the pussy posse, which I hope oh, no, I, I hope Gawker never lets that. him forget. Oh. Uh, you know, he's just been kind of a womanizer all of his his career, and uh, completely unrepentant about it in a way that like. Clooney dated a lot, but he was seemed like a serial monogamist. Mm-hmm. And um, Leonardo DiCaprio has just really created this image of himself where he's this incredibly self-absorbed womanizer. I see. Well, in this one, I was kind of like, well, I don't know why Genevieve is saying, um, you know, he's kind of a dick or whatever. And then I watched it. And then I wrote on the notes... Holy shit, what a dick, all caps. <laughs> like, I've now I hate him. So, we let me put just a note at this. the beginning of the show that it's a little blue. <laughs> so, this is, I, I think, and you, you might have said this, the, the point of this commercial, I think, even though it is for a telecom industry, is to say, let's not be a slave to our technology. Let's not be plugged in all the time. Let's actually find moments to unplug. Yeah, and our technology allows you to sort of. Uh, stay connected while you're out enjoying nature or right so that's what well that's what leo is doing in this he's enjoying nature he's just laying out in a field somewhere and it's shot i'm trying to think of like a music video or something that i could compare it to it's shot like very close it's a bunch of really close-ups of him sort of almost like parts of his face or whatever he's clearly Mm -hmm. like really lost in thought it's a lot of sun glare a lot of kind of backlighting hazy sunny day in a field kind of looks like they used to do some like um I don't know if it was Calvin Klein or like sort of like an a fashion ad from like the late 80s maybe that's the feel it has to me of like uh, maybe for a, a cologne or a perfume or something um that's just the feel that it gives me and and then he's got a little bug on his hand. I think a little cricket is crawling on him. He's just kind of being at one with nature. He's, right. He looks like a city guy, but he just got away for a little bit. And he just wanted to sit in this field. And I guess what I'm going to have to do is I'm just going to tell you the whole thing now, and I'll play the audio so that you guys can follow along. So that is a uh, – oh, wow. This is almost – I don't know if this is 30 seconds or a minute. But the whole thing is mostly just him just lying around, no no uh, dialogue or anything. And then I think his phone buzzes. And he opens it up, and he's got a text message from some unknown friend. And I think it just says, hey, when are you due back? Yeah. And then he basically just puts the phone down, says – 
whatever, man. He rolls his eyes, basically. He rolls his eyes, says, says whatever, whatever man. man, and then puts both of his palms on his forehead like he's just, he's oh, just got so much Oh, why does everything bad happen to Leo? He just needs some space <laughs> to think about space, whatever the man. hell just happened. But when, you, when he says, when he says, whatever, man, it's whatever, like, man. who is this friend? Who, I, like, I pray to God the next time he sees his friend, the friend just like fucking punches him right in the nose when he saw this commercial. It is the most, I know. this is the most irritating do, thing I've ever seen in my so life. There's so little to work with in this commercial, and yet he does so much to make it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's just play this. I don't know. He's I a talented actor. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to play out. Whatever, man. Listen to those flutes. Also, I hate that mustache. He's got a new cricket friend. There's a lot of close-up of bugs. He's napping now while the bugs are just doing bug things around him. Yeah. Then he wakes up. I think he got a text message. Flips his hair out of his eyes. Checks his message. When are you arriving back? Whatever. Whatever. I guess he doesn't say whatever, man. I guess not. I added that, but then he puts his hand. Then he puts his hands on his forehead and then whisks his hair. He just back. looks so put out that oh, someone would have the so temerity, goddamn put out, to text oh. him and ask him a simple question. Oh, I hate him so much now. <laughs> I never really thought about. I know, him. right? Oh my god. Um, all right. Is it Bill Simmons who has that promo for any given Wednesday where he says, I believe that any movie with Leonardo DiCaprio would be a little bit better if it had Matt Damon in yes. it? Yes. That is one of my – that's a great quote. It is. Yeah. All right. I don't think you saw these next ones. I know we need to get in some ad counsel here. Here. Oh yeah, we're running late, but yeah, you know, I, I, I have seen these Bruce Willis ones. Um, they're pretty weird. Okay, I won't play them. Can I just say this though? There are two Bruce Willis ones. One for this gas station company, mm-hmm. and um, another one for this Kawa Coffee. Did you see those? Because there's another one with Arnold Schwarzenegger as well. I like it. They're just like doing these, like. I think the Arnold Schwarzenegger one is he's on a construction site driving a bulldozer, oh, and then at there the end is a he just whole, goes power. There is a whole raft of Arnold Schwarzenegger Japan ads, and I, they're they're from many different uh, products, including Kawa Coffee, um, also some like energy drinks or some kind of weird soda mm-hmm. or something. Um, but and- I do like the through line of Kawa Coffee using different American actors like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis, who are just known as action stars and just representing power. Power, yeah. yeah. I, the Arnold Schwarzenegger oeuvre of uh, <laughs> of Japanese commercials is Don't ever say that again. super bonkers, <laughs> and uh, and I will post some of them, even though we didn't really talk about them. Okay, yet. and I want to just talk about these Bruce Willis ones only because you mentioned Zoolander at the beginning, and you specifically mentioned the scene where people are dancing around and having a gas, a, I guess like a squirt gun fight with gas yeah, at a gasoline, gas station. Yeah. And did you watch these? These are the closest thing to that. No, I want to play this first one for you. Let me just play this first one for you because it is literally impossible to describe what's going on. Like, <laughs> and um, and yet here we are. <laughs> um, so we have picked a broken concept. <laughs> you see Bruce Willis apparently in like his apartment, which it looks like kind of a crappy like small dark apartment he's getting ready for bed he's wearing straight up old-fashioned pajamas including the pajama cap that comes down to a point hanging down uh like a would that be like a dickensian kind of look or something like that um 
and he's getting ready for bed and then he's we see him in bed and he's surrounded by phones there are phones all around him for some reason and then he screams something in japanese and then he pulls out out of his bed he pulls out like a gas pump and he kind of starts brandishing it like a gun <laughs> let me just let me play this for you <laughs> So the story of this commercial is Bruce Willis is sleepy, but then the phone keeps ringing because he has a million phones. He keeps talking into the phones, but then he gets fed up with talking into the phones. So he pulls out a gasoline dispenser, uh, you know, pump, fires it, and now he can go to sleep. I guess so. Easy peasy. But then it's in the, all of these ads have I mean, the same no tagline <laughs> called Move You. And you see, and this one in particular had something to do with like a credit card where you particularly, where you apparently get like points for cash back at gas stations okay. or something. But the other ones are not credit card related. They're just the gas station related. So there's other ones where he's at a gas station. And he's Gasoline always, makes your phone go He's away? always pulling out this magical pump. Well, here, let's just play one more. And this one, he's driving down the street, I think. I don't know. Let's see here. It's funny to me that these seem to take place in American landscapes. Yeah. Now he's... He looks like a Ghostbuster with his gasoline pump. And Ochi's plugged into a, the gas station signs for other gas stations, and it's turning them into the kind of gas he likes. Enios, yes. So yeah, he, he pulls up in this car, he pops the trunk of this car, in the back is like this magical gas pump thing that has energy and electricity all over it. Then he, he takes the, the, you know, the, like you say, the trigger pump thing, runs over to the gas station sign, plugs into the sign and transforms it using the energy and then says, move you. Anyway, there are a million of those. And I got to say, don't they kind of give the Ben Stiller one a run for the money? I guess so, but it it doesn't. It looks more like something. The way it's shot, it looks like a Terry Gilliam movie. It almost feels more like Twelve Monkeys is the thing that's reminding oh, me of because it's Bruce Willis, um, and it just has like a weird sort of um, dark, darker feel to it. The one with Ben Stiller, honestly, it looks like a fake product that they would have Zoolander advertise. Yeah, you're right. Both of those have a kind of a Gilliam feel to them. You're right. Um, Anyway, the ones we skipped today, Hugh Laurie on an airplane. um, You think maybe this is from Spain or Mexico uh, selling Schweppes. That one is pretty funny, actually. And I I can't remember if it's in English or not, but it's pretty funny. Can we post these to our Facebook page? We'll post them. Yeah, it's it's not in English, um, but Hugh Laurie is sort of... Uh, I think capitalizing on his house character, although it's not explicit, mm. uh, that he he kind of tricks someone into calling the the flight attendant over to get <laughs> right. him a Schweppes. It's pretty funny. It's well done. Um, there is a, an Eddie Murphy, a whole bunch of Eddie Murphy commercials for the Celica, Toyota Celica back in 1990. Yeah. I like those. Pretty good audio. I'm sorry. We have to skip it. Um, and then I was just really excited about this one. Somebody just kind of coincidentally posted to the uh, the TBTL, that's the other podcast I do, posted to their uh, to that Facebook page a Heineken ad with Benicio Del Toro, who I just like. Um, and they posted it because I have an obsession with Donovan <laughs> and, uh, it's got a uh, Donovan song playing in the background, but also I just thought it was a crazy coincidence that that was being passed around like the day that we were recording this. So yeah. anyway, uh, enough of that, I guess, but honestly, we could have gone on for six, seven, eight hours. Oh, just, there's, I mean, there's, there's just a wealth ending. out there. Yeah. There's so much. I mean, this must be a great way to make money if you're an American movie star. I'm sure it's a, it's an easy 
quick paycheck. And I would, I would say like all bets are off as far as like how you have to act mm-hmm. or, I mean, they they, I guess the presumption is very little of this is going to make it to an American audience. You know, even in the, in the internet, you mean age. that's the that's the assumption, but on the part of the actor taking the role, right? Like if you're, you know, um, uh, if you're Bruce, if you're Bruce Willis, and uh, the Enios gasoline company wants you to to promote their product, uh, you're in these kind of weird ads. It feels like he's just sort of doing whatever. I've also heard that Bruce Willis will actually just show up to your movie if you pay him like a certain amount. Oh, right. Yeah, he just will do a day rate thing. Yeah, he has like a day rate. So I just think that for some of these actors, it's like a quick payday and the stakes are relatively low in terms of their overall brand because, uh, you know, it's in a different language and it's not going to be aired in American television. Even with the internet, relatively few people are going to see it. It's not going to necessarily mm. impact their their overall brand. That's interesting. So you think that if Bruce Willis was offered the same exact amount of money, the same conditions, everything for these ads, but they would air in the United for Chevron, States for Chevron, not. he would not do it? No, he wouldn't do that ad for Chevron. That didn't occur to me, but I think you're right. All right, let's check in with the ad council. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind All right, kiddo, what do we got today? Well, we've got a couple of things, uh, a couple of responses to our Canadian uh, advertising ad- advertising show that we did last week. Um, the first note is from listener Christopher, um, and he writes, Your show on Canada last week made me think of an old-timey ad from the 1967 Grey Cup Championship. Uh, as it is the Super Bowl of Canadian football, it aired on both major networks in Canada at the time. It was made by Labatt, and when I first stumbled upon this, I was amazed by the unintentional humor. The actors look like a straight version of the village people, and the idea is that the beer is international, despite the fact that everyone on camera is a white male, and it just makes for confusion. Uh, but don't worry, they're standing on a world map, so you know it's international. And it's just, it, it's exactly right. Like, it's people wearing, like, very obvious sort of, I'm a policeman costume. Hmm. I'm a, you know, I'm a baker costume. They're very, like, specific outfit, or, you know, like, sort of uh, signaling what their job is. And they're standing on a big world map. Uh, singing this song. This is a black and white. Uh, this is from 67, as he said. So this is black and white. It's very old. But it, it would never pass muster today if you're going to talk about internationalism and having a bunch of like sort of anonymous white guys. So is this worth playing the audio? Of? Yeah, I see, just this give is it a, a play. 10 minute thing. So uh, it's... Just hit play and we okay. can, you can turn it off after the play, commercial plays. Oh, this is just the game. I see. I think it'll go to it. Interesting. There's a world of flavor in Skoll, Skoll International Beer. It's your kind of beer, so do your first <laughs> favor. Pour yourself a Skoll and get a world of flavor. There's a world of flavor in Skoll, Skoll International Beer. Oh my god, you're right, that's so funny They're standing on a globe Well, it's exactly what you said They're standing on a globe And they're representing all the different nations and continents But they're all just a bunch of, like, kind of like, what, 30-year-old white guys Average white guys, yeah, absolutely So thank you, Christopher, that was great Let's Uh, make America great again Let's Let's make make Canada great again (laughs) Oh god um, and then this is from listener Travis. He says, I uh, just listened, finished listening to the Canadian show. thought I would send you a couple more that I remember from my childhood. So I take it that Travis uh, might actually be a Canadian. Um, the first one is a safety PSA for kids featuring singing vegetables and monsters eating guitars. And this is for <laughs> um, a, uh, a PSA for don't put it in your mouth. 
Okay, should we take a listen? Yeah, and I actually have not played this yet, so it could be. Oh, anything. you don't know either. I was going to ask you if you think it's bonkers. Why do you think your mommy or daddy are always telling you, don't put that in your mouth? Let's find out. Hi, kids. Why are we on television anyway? These We're are muppets. Tell a little story about why you shouldn't put things into your mouth when you don't know what they are, and why you should never take anything a stranger tries to give you. Why not? Because if you ate somebody else's medicine, some bad food, or some poison, you could get very sick. Ugh! I don't want to be sick. And that's why before you eat anything, you should always ask someone you love if it's okay. Okay. I love you. Can I eat the guitar? No, oh. but but you can help me sing a song about eating things that don't belong <laughs> inside you. I'm kind of loving you. this. Okay. It's pretty cute. I'm really hungry anyway. Well, wait. The puppets are the worst, okay, though. Like, everybody. they have almost no mobility in their face. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, so, yeah. It's when I say Muppets, mouth. I mean, they're actually just puppets, I guess. Muppets are particularly Jim Henson, but... Don't you stuff it in your face. Don't stuff it in your face. Though it might look good to eat. Though it might look good to eat. And it might look good to taste. And it might look good to taste. You could get sick. That was a beat that sang that line, by the way. I don't know why it wants to die. This is exactly what you need to start singing to me every time we take a walk around the neighborhood. It's true. Because I'm always. (laughs) Anytime we pass any sort of fruit tree, whether it's a recognizable fruit to him or not, he picks one and takes a bite of it. And it's not always edible fruit. No, yesterday that thing was not edible. I don't usually take a bite. Usually, what I do is you sort of like. Always take well, a what bite. I do is I just I don't like. Do we have to get? I just usually like will puncture the skin with my two front teeth a little bit and suck on the juice a little bit and see if it tastes good. Then if it seems to taste good and I don't die, then I take a bite of it. Yesterday, that you're did a not, triumph of human evolution. That did not serve me well yesterday when I took a bite of something and I almost said, "Oh, it's like a pear," but then I couldn't finish that sentence because whatever it was, it was awful. Yeah, and it was not like a pear. No. <laughs> anyway, I just sort of think that like. If trees made fruit we couldn't eat, evolution would just get rid of them. That's in no way accurate. <laughs> I know. I don't know anything about evolution. All, All right. right. So this is the other PSA that uh, Travis sent us. The second one, uh, this one tried to scare the crap out of kids so they don't go jumping off of buildings and the like. Oh. The vibe is just creepy. Okay. So I've also not seen this one. Ready to go? Yeah. It's like a sort of a, a cityscape at night. Very futuristic. Oh, weird. Yeah, like a humanoid robot kind of jumping through a bunch of uh, like gears in, in a, inside a building almost like they're inside of a clock talk about gilliam s yeah there's all these like sharp saw blades and things i am Astar, a robot i can put my arm back on you can't Oh, so the robot gets its arm cut off by one of these blades. And then the thing is like, that reminds me of the American PSA. I think it was about safe driving. And it was played a lot in my youth. Um, And 
the tagline was in real life you only get one quarter and i think the whole ad is somebody playing a 1980s oh. era video game because this would have been the 80s or 90s and you can somebody, always put in another quarter if right you crash. and they crash the car in their video game and then the tagline was you you can always get another quarter so that that robot by the way like, the tagline and that was the war on amputations in canada whoa really yeah so wow. that's crazy it just it didn't even occur to me that we did canada last week and then just other foreign ads are we just out are we out of american ads did right. they stop making them i don't know I, this one this was just a topic that had sort of been bubbling for a while and i think it was just happenstance that we happened to do mm-hmm. two kind of non-american ones we'll get back to america yeah. next week um, all right, moving on uh, from listener Sadie. Uh, this is just helpful advice, which I'm giving. She gave to me, and I'm giving to everybody. <laughs> okay, uh, which is, is it commercial related? Or? No, she says specifically this <laughs> is not related to commercials in the least. But there, remember last week we talked about how um, we there's no way for us to get into my car if the electronic fob dies. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she says there is a way to use a real key on a keyless entry car, as I unfortunately discovered on a snowy day after a 24 hour work shift. Uh, for my 2008 Passat, there's a crazy plastic cover that you pop off the handle, and then you can use the valet key oh. to physically open the door. Uh, didn't really help start my dead battery, but did let me get in and wait for the nice security officer to come jump my car. So I'm going to try that. I haven't. I need to go look at my car and see if that's right. The case you don't have a mine. Passat, you have a Golf. I have right? a Golf, but I would imagine it's the same. And honestly, like I was thinking, even as we were saying that, there's got to be some trick to it because you. What if your fob breaks? Because anyone's fob could die or break or be right. lost. And I do have a valet key. That doesn't have a fob on it. It doesn't right, have any electronics right. on it. And I was thinking, like, what's the point of that valet key if you can't give it if to you a valet? Can't get in. Yeah, interesting. Okay, let's go check that out, actually, when we wrap up here. Uh, what's the uh, what's this next one that's caught my interest? Um, this is from listener Julie, and she says, uh, hearing listener Dave's take on the Foster Farms chickens, if you can recall, uh, listener Dave said that he felt that it was okay for us to... Uh, get to know the the bad, dirty chickens that we're not going to eat because they aren't Foster Farms chickens. It's okay mm-hmm. to have a relationship with them. Right, because they mean, animate these chickens who are trying to get into better shape so that they could be as good as a Foster Farm chicken. Exactly, but they're not, so it's okay for them to have like personalities. Right. Uh, and it reminded me of this great clip from uh, BoJack Horseman, uh, which is the the tagline of which no one knows chicken like chickens. And I would, I'll just set this up briefly for those who aren't familiar. BoJack, is a, BoJack Horseman is a great... Uh, great series. It's super funny. Very, very, very funny. Very, very dark at times. Pretty like very dark. real. Like even though there are no humans in it, it's one of the. No, most... there are humans in it. That's the weird thing about. Oh, it. that's right. Some of the some of the characters are, but it's also just a bunch of animals like horses and chickens who interact with humans. Yeah, yeah. And so some of the humor that that the show plays with is like, what would it be like to live in a world where humans and animals interact as equals but also it's just it's still a meat-eating society right or it's still a society that in some ways like has horse racing or like how do how do how would you how would that play out in a world where some animals have agency and personalities and can talk and are right jesse pinkman's character aaron paul's character is a human in yeah that's right i forgot many of the characters are humans but the main character is a horse right and the, the animals like walk around like two legs like people but they have like animal you know, characteristics. Um, so I think that I put this YouTube link at the right place, but this is oh, a commercial okay. that is kind of responding to another commercial for a chicken restaurant. Okay. Um, and so what you're going to hear is the, the narration about this, like more kind of organic chicken, uh, farm. Okay. Let's take and the, and the characters who are speaking are chickens. Okay. Let's take a listen here. I got a drumstick. I got a, uh-huh. I got a bucket full of mystery stuff. Chicken for Daisy. So this is the crazy. first commercial? Yeah, this is the commercial for um like kind of like 
over the, a chicken for the, ch- the fast food chicken restaurant. Okay, I see. So yeah, I had that in kind of the wrong place. So that was that was the original question. Those were humans talking about how good their chicken is. And now we're going to transition to this next commercial where it looks like we have a talking chicken talking directly to the camera in a barnyard. <laughs> Over at Chicken for Days, they pump their chickens full of hormones and keep them cooped up in tiny cages. Now, as a chicken, this concerns me. Here at Gentle Farms, we treat our livestock different. <laughs> Lush fields, plenty of dignity, and foosball. <laughs> the chickens here have wonderful lives before we harvest them so you can eat them. But wait, Pa, aren't we chickens? I don't want to get eaten. Boy, these animals aren't like us. They're specifically bred to be eaten and genetically modified for maximum flavor. When our chicks are first hatched, we lovingly inject them with natural delicious hormones, which makes the meat thereby erasing any moral gray area. <laughs> no moral gray area. about eating our meat. It's simple. No one knows chicken like chickens. And the chickens that are talking in this uh, commercial are very skinny. They're very mm-hmm. like they're like sort of built the shape of people. Right. And the chickens that are wandering around behind them are dressed like people. Like they're wearing clothes. Well, they're wearing clothes, but I, I think it's but very notable. But they're very fat. They've been pumped full. Like they're they're like fattened up. But they're not just wearing street clothes. They're all wearing like robes like pajamas. and pajamas because it's like a mental institution, yes. sort of. That it's is so dark. Re- that's dark. And, yeah. But also very interesting. And I, I don't, don't know how I missed that. that because I swear I've seen every episode of BoJack. I must have just not seen that. But uh, Julie, thank you for sending that in because I love it. All right. Uh, should we leave it there or do we have any more? No, I think that's uh, that's about it for today. Okay. Then uh, let's play this music and get out of here and then go see what's up with your car. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. If you want to send us an email, you do it at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail.com. It's also where you can find us on Facebook, After These Messages Show on Facebook. And Genevieve, um, I know you're going on a business trip pretty soon, but you'll be able to post all these, you think, to the yeah, Facebook? Yeah, I'll be back on Wednesday in time to post the uh, Okay, the so links. yeah, so maybe if you're listening to this on Tuesday, look for it uh, tomorrow. Um, I also just wanted to say, as we sometimes do, if you do enjoy the podcast, uh, could you maybe tell a friend about it or go on to the old uh, iTunes and uh, and fill out a review uh, if you like it. If you don't like it, mm, you probably have better things to do than write mean reviews. Uh, so don't worry about that. Uh, anything else? That's it for today. Okay, I'll give out the. I guess I'll give out the phone number as well. If you guys want to leave us a voicemail, six zero seven four 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 five five nine seven six zero seven four 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 five five nine seven. Thanks, Veeves. Thanks, Andrew. Talk to the rest of you guys next Tuesday. You can't Anything you can really